Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your award-winning lectionary podcast where we uh, talk about the Bible and make a playlist every week. I'm Matt Cable, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church and sometimes campus ministry in Los Angeles, California. I'm Zach Paris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. And Zach, we have another guest on the podcast. It's been an amazing year for guests. It's been a really good... At least a month of guests. Really good lineup. And it's going to just culminate. The year is going to culminate with our today's guest, Aaron Tidwell. Welcome, Aaron. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thanks thank for... You, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being on. So Aaron is going to preach for me on December... What is this? December 29th? 29th, day yeah. It is. Yeah. So we said, all right, easy come on the text. Yep. Talk about it. Yeah, easy text. Easy just want to give him a... Are we reading the same thing? Layup. Just a layup. <laughs> layup. Yep. Yep. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm excited to talk about the text. But uh, first, uh, so we we're trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about today, Zach. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, we could talk about uh, Christmassy stuff. And you were like, Christmas is over. And I was Christmas shocked. Christmas is over. I was shocked that you, as a lectionary preacher, would think that Christmas is over when this is actually the first Sunday of Christmas. We are in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas. Matt, I want to be the first person to wish you a happy epiphany. <laughs> I've Is that already decorated. Epiphany? I have mm-hmm. stars everywhere. Uh, a most blessed epiphany to all of you. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to Ash Wednesday. Mm, yeah. 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 I've got, I've got the sackcloth out of the garage. I've decorated. Uh, yeah, it looks real dismal around here, but we're moving on. Uh, I'm gonna getting ready to get my Ash Wednesday cards out to all of my friends and family to let them know about my mortality and their pending mortality. Uh, just as a reminder that we're all uh, gonna die. Uh, I'm drinking from my Ash Wednesday coffee mug that you gave me. Yeah, reminds I don't, me. I can't even remember that. I don't even. Oh man, I vaguely remember this. What's on it? It says when work feels overwhelming, remember that you're going to die. Uh, so <laughs> you're welcome, Zach. I've had enough of the Christmas parades. I'm moving on to my favorite holiday, uh, Ash Wednesday. You know, uh, our bishop out here in Southwest California uh, once said that he really loves Advent because it means that Lent is coming. <laughs> yeah. So. We'll have to get him out on one of these days, too. But wow. no, Zach, it's still Christmas. It is it's still, still Christmas. Christmas. It's still... Fine. What's uh, what's this season look like for you as a campus pastor? The season of Christmas typically is one of vacation, but that's not my reality. Uh, I am going to be in uh, on my way to Washington. Because, Zach, I just, that's <laughs> yes. not your reality, because really, if you have the option of taking some time off or not... You always choose the or not. You choose the or not. One of the ways to know uh, if the pastor is it's the pastor's day off, uh, the way to know is that they're in the office, but they're dressed more casually. <laughs> gotcha. That's how you know it's my day off. I'm here. I'm working, but like my shirt's untucked. You know, it's definitely it's got I, jeans, you know. I wore a hoodie yesterday because it was my day off, but I was still in the office, obviously. Well, you just had some, had some work to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you're doing something else? You're doing something else? I am doing us. something else. Uh, I've been advising the National Council to the Lutheran Student Movement, which is the collection of college students around the country who gather over New Year's because it's the only time in the calendar where nobody has school. And so they're going to be gathering in Washington, D.C. from December 30th to January 2nd. So on the 29th, I'll be... Uh, 
flying the friendly skies of Frontier. Uh, I will have someone's knee directly in the small of my back. I will have paid out the nose for the privilege of uh, putting my feet on top of my carry-on bag underneath the seat in front of me, uh, and I will receive no sustenance uh, while on that airplane. Uh, but it's going to be good. <laughs> definitely going to happen, Matt. Uh, Lutheran student moment. Mm-hmm. Jason Chestnut's going to be there. Uh, Amy oh, Ruman, the director of advocacy for the ELCA, is going to be there. Uh, and uh, the new director of campus ministry, Lamont Wells, will be with us as well. I bought 40 tickets to the African-American uh, Smithsonian. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's really worth a visit. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, this is a time of year when um, sometimes those gatherings can happen. I know uh, Pastor Jonathan Hemphill has taken a group to a retreat, not a Lutheran retreat, but a gathering, like high school, middle school gathering. Um, So, Aaron, I know that you have uh, been a youth pastor in your ministry. Is this a time when you guys have had youth gatherings, or is this a time when that usually dies down? Like, what does that look like for... Well, typically, and I've been in a number of places throughout the country, and um, we actually, you know, we get through Christmas Day, and then we rev up to go someplace, you know, yeah. in Michigan. Uh, and I think it still takes place. There's a, a senior high gathering. Um, I'm not sure where in Michigan, but typically it's right after Christmas before New Year's, and they squeeze it in. And out here in California, Southwest California, we used to have one, um, senior high. And I think I was in charge a few years ago. And that was the last year they had it. I think I killed it. <laughs> you killed it. I'm pretty sure I killed no, that one. Oh, no. And so, uh, and so it's a big time for youth ministry because, again, just like with the college students, it's a time for us to, we can get them all together because typically there's not much going on for school. You know, the sports yeah. have stopped for a week or two. Uh, and it's a time for us to... Um, get together, check in with all of our students and um, for them to be in a place where we can gather like the Lutherans mm-hmm. in D.C., you know, where we can just kind of kick back, have some fun and learn. I mean, yeah. that's the big thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And right now you mentioned schools and sports uh, and you are working in schools and sports. Yes, I am. um Let's see. I am at Warren High School in Downey, California. I do uh, girls track and field. I do the sprints and jumps program there for them. And uh, also I work with the unified sports at Warren. Um, And unified sports is when it's it's a program through Special Olympics where schools kind of sign up and you put together teams. In our case, we have a basketball team, a bocce ball team, and a track team this year that will be participating and competing against other schools. And the unified part is we take special needs kids along with general ed kids, uh, put them all together in the sports. And typically they are kids who are of likability and they play the games. Uh, we just finished our basketball season. We had a four game season. We finished two and two against some of our local high schools. And it's just uh for me, it's a pleasure to coach those children and to work with the coaches who do it because it's just, for me, it's like one of the pleasures is watching the parents mm-hmm. because most of them didn't think their child would get to participate in sports hmm. on any level and yeah. then to see them uh, do it. And the most touching thing is we have a kid named Brandon 
and Brandon made a basket this past the last game we had and his dad was at the game and so later you know the game is going on Brandon's sitting on the bench and I see his dad come up behind him give him a big hug and a kiss on the cheek I like, almost lost it on the side yeah. you know on the sideline at that point yeah. um, but again it's just uh, an opportunity for the kids to come out and the the, the, um, the general ed kids are not teaching the special needs kids they're teammates with them yeah and so and that makes it even again, more special because again, it's not just the general ed kids teaching the special needs kind of how to do it, but they're all out uh, working together to you know to try to win the games, and yeah. we like to win games. Yeah, you know, that's the big thing. <laughs> like to. Yeah. Um, and so our school was kind of started in in our area, and this last year we had one game against our uh, freshman girls. That was the only game, and this year we had uh, again four games. So other teams and other schools in the area are now picking up on the sports things um bocce ball i'm not sure what bocce ball is yet but that's going to be a <laughs> sport. <laughs> but then once we're into track um we'll have a, again a slew of track meets and then we get to actually participate at the masters meet which is a big uh, meet uh, before state meet here in uh, california and I had one team participate last year. One of our one of our relays made it, and we I think we took third in the heat. And so we get they have a medal uh, from that. And so it's pretty impressive to see it. And I like the fact that um, California is getting on board with it. And yeah. there's you know schools throughout the nation that are getting on board with it. And I'd like to see it uh, nationwide. Nice, so. nice. Yeah. Well, I am doing neither of those things over the christmas break Bum. i'm just gonna take a break kind mm-hmm. of maybe i'm gonna be with family for uh 10 days so depending on uh your point of view that's a break, <laughs> break. <laughs> but we're looking forward so we'll get to see the nieces and nephews we'll get to see the aunts and uncles the grandparents it should be it should be good and cold uh we'll be in chicago and wisconsin or Wisconsin, as they Wisconsin. pronounce it. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. Shall we talk about these Christmas texts? Let's get in the Christmas spirit. Let's get super nostalgic and happy. And let's get some... Uh, I've brought some uh, some mead here. We can share uh, some mulled wine that we That's, can I, just fully I, embrace I, the nostalgic visions of christmas you know it's it's kind of amazing because we we always talk about this during lent that like did you pass the, the sugar plums <laughs> i had a sugar plum churro at disneyland a few weeks wow. ago wow which is neither here nor there but you know we talk about this during uh advent that like the the way that you come to church in advent and it's very different from like church at the mall even the readings you get john the baptist showing up with fire and brimstone but there's a similar thing that keeps happening during the christmas season Right. Like we kind of think, oh, Christmas is over. Now it's time to like do that after Christmas, say like whatever. But in the church, it's just beginning. And then it only lasts for 12 days. It's one of the shortest seasons that we have. And then the readings are surprising, (laughs) surprisingly hard, which we'll talk about a little bit. But it's a very different rhythm than we see in the the world around Christmas. Right. So anyway, I find that fascinating. I don't know. I'm finding that yeah. you know the fire and brimstone is getting into the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Um, I noticed this year, and I, I know I'm going to butcher the name, but there is the Great Christmas Tree Light Fight, which is a show on television. Christmas, Christmas tree, tree light, light fight, fight. Where people are, you know, neighbors and stuff. They put up their decorations because they're going to be tested or yeah. judged. To see is that part of the the Mandalorian? Is that what we're talking? Yeah. About? Okay. Good. <laughs> 
So it's competition? It's a competition. I didn't, you know, I just saw the commercial and they just like, you know, you want to take Christ out of Christmas. This is what you do. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's some other, the great bake-off and, you know, they're fighting, trying to cook the right Christmas dinner. Yeah. Um, So decorations. There's, uh, there was a couple of more and it's like, I think we're missing the point of what the season is about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, coast to 103.0. I don't know if I can mention that on well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But we have a radio station here in L.A. that, you know, started playing Christmas music the day after Halloween. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. and I know all I have to do is turn it off. But then, you know, people started talking. Oh, then you're terrible because you're taking, you know, to Christmas away. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. I No. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand it. It's like, because they want Christmas, but then they want to turn it into this thing that does not reflect on what the church says it is. Right. So, yeah. The yeah, lights on he, my roof said, uh, say, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, have little, you have your little light up John the Baptist with the, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I li- live cosplay it every night. I have my own camel's hair and honey and locust thing. I just stand out in the front yard. <laughs> my underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even with the Christmas music, like, so my girls have a Christmas program, a holiday program at their school tomorrow night. And for the last month, they've been singing the songs that they've been learning. But of course, like, they're all songs about, like, Santa and Santa's coming and Santa this and Santa that. And maybe, like, a Jingle Bells. And I don't, like... I think I, I never used to have a problem with that. And I still think like, it's generally like, okay, whatever. But I'm like, man, like, like what, what else do I need to teach them? Cause they're not going to get it automatically. Right. Like this is what they're going to get if I do nothing. <laughs> and so what, what are the things we need to teach them? What are the songs that I want them to learn? Cause some yeah. of the Christmas carols actually do touch on some of the more, um, some of the other parts of the Christmas story that we like to paper over, right? right. Um, but those aren't the ones they're going to learn at the holiday program, no. right? But, just, well, the things yeah. they're going to learn is that it's okay to ostracize somebody uh, <laughs> until, you know, whatever thing you're ostracizing them for is helpful to you. You know, oh, on no. uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Oh, well, you know, you got a shiny red nose. You can't play with us. Oh, wait, but we need you now, so come back and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, hot take. This is the hottest take we've ever Amazing. had on the podcast. I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. On Rudolph. Yeah, well, that, oh, but wow. think about wow. it, you know, and then it was. Um, do they know it's Christmas? Oh yeah. What's well, that snowing? One? So how did people... right? But then they say, "Aren't you glad it's them instead of you?" <laughs> right. Is that the message yeah. we want to be sending at Christmas time? It's like, yeah. I'm glad it's them, not me, man. Oh yeah. Um, but when we go out in the church and we do things, but that's that's what we teach yeah. our children sometimes. And I know I've had parents say that, and I have to pull them aside and say, yeah. "Well, you, I think you need to check. Well, not check yourself. But yeah. Figure out yeah. what the, what's the reason that you are here and helping these people. And yeah. we're called to love, and that's all you have to do. You don't have to explain to them that oh, because otherwise, if you don't work hard, this is going to be you. Yeah. Um, and I've got I actually have a whole slew of things with Christmas songs and Christmas ideas. <laughs> it's like, wait, I think we got the wrong idea here, people. So. Yeah. 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 So I think sometimes I'm seen as that angry black man at Christmas time. <laughs> no, I mean, oh. Matt, oh, I have avoided yeah. all of these issues. Uh, my daughter's, I'm not kidding, favorite Christmas song 
right now is uh, the killers don't shoot me Santa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a satirical. Is that a real song? It's a oh, real yeah. song. It's a it's the really killers. good song too. Uh, the killers used to put out one Christmas song per year, uh, and, and uh, it, I think it addresses a number of your concerns, Aaron. It uh, it starts with the <laughs> the singer saying, uh, "Santa, you know, I've uh, I've been killing just for fun." And, uh, and then Santa Claus says that he's been coming for him. Uh, he's trying to convince Santa not to kill him. Uh, it's like a Western, maybe? It's like a like. Western, yeah. <laughs> but it's, mm-hmm. Good. good. Oh. Yeah, the killers have some good ones. They've got uh, a song about Joseph. Oh, that like. Joseph one is so good. We should put it on the playlist. Really, it has Elton John on it. Elton John is on it. Oh. It's like, Joseph, man, I really feel for you. Joseph, I better you than me. Better you than me. Mm. Um and then, uh, and then they've got one called Christmas in L.A. with Dawes, with oh, your favorite band that they're it. really just like another Christmas in L.A. And this person just feels like alone in a drift while their family is somewhere else. And I'm always good. This is our Christmas I theme song. <laughs> I never physically spent a Christmas in Los Angeles, but uh, due to that song, I feel like I've spent many Christmases in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just glad that we had a hot take on uh, Rudolph. It's about time to... somebody take Rudolph down a couple <laughs> notches. The thing that happens this time of year is that we'll get all these hot takes about Mary Did You Know, and then I have to do my annual defense of Mary Did You Know. Right. So I'm just glad we're talking about a different song. It's just, it's great. It's good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about these texts. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Isaiah 63. Isaiah 63. Um, Zach, you want to read this one? I would love to read this one, Matt. Just as soon as I find it. Maybe I'll read it. Yeah, you can read it since you probably looked at it before. I will recount the gracious deeds of God, of the Lord. The praiseworthy acts of the Lord because of all that the Lord has done for us and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Word of God, word of life. Thanks for God, man. So this is where that uh, like footprint story comes from, right? Where it he feels lifts like it. Right? This is the footprint story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like the line where it's like, uh, he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And I want to say, oh, it's an implied, it's implied question. Again. Yeah. Spoke too soon. Appreciate this. This text is, uh, understands where we're at. You know, that people are going to be like, huh, Sunday out of Christmas. I just showed up. Have mercy on me. I don't need to be here that long. Only three verses. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It is a shorter one. Yeah, it's interesting. It's got some. We'll see how we think it connects to the the gospel text. But um, yeah, I wonder what we do with it in tension with that Matthew text. There is going to be some tension here, um, right? It was no messenger or angel that saved them, but uh, his presence uh, is the place where there's going to be a little tension with the gospel text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's keep going. Maybe we'll keep going then, and then let's keep going. Cool. 
All right. Um, Aaron, I know one of your songs today is going to be uh, around Hebrews. Do you want to read Hebrews for us? Yes, I can read Hebrews as soon as I can see it. Right. <laughs> so this is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 18. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Free those who are all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death, for it is clear that, they, that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Matt, this, of course, is uh, where that song comes from. Uh, Here am I, Lord. It I is, Lord. Right? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, what what drew you to this, Aaron? What drew you to Hebrews? Uh, well, again, I read the gospel text first, and then yeah. I went back and looked at the first lesson and then this lesson. And it's just um, because when I looked at it, once you invited me to, to be here today, I started thinking as I'm reading things, I'm trying to think of music. Mm. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. what song, you yeah. know, that I know fits into it. And as Matt knows me well, you know, I tried to fit a Barry Manilow song into <laughs> here, but uh, sorry, Barry, I couldn't do it. Uh, so It's yeah. not your fault, it's Barry's fault. Hey, don't, don't mess with Barry, please. <laughs> I didn't mess with Dolly, so please don't mess with Barry. <laughs> uh, but I think it's that call. It's like, you know, I'm ready. I'm here. I mean, it is that, you know, here I am, Lord, uh, kind of moment. And I think, in, especially in, for me in this time, um, I want to say to people uh, that I'm here, that I'm ready. Uh, what, what can I do? And that is, uh, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm, at a, I'm at my own little crossroads trying to figure out, you know, for myself, where do I fit in this? You know, in the church, um, at home, in the school setting, you know, where do I fit in? And how is who I am? Uh, because one of the things that's that's being tough for me, and, and Matt and I talked about this before we began the, the cast, was that, you know, I'm an African-American male, and I'm in a world, um, a Lutheran world especially, that's 96% white. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm always uh, being called for stuff. And it's like, wait, but that's not who and what I am. That's not yeah. what I want to be a part of. Yeah. I will be here. I will be present. I will do things. But at the same time, don't ask me to sit on the board and sit here 
quietly, you know, making decisions when I'm a person of action and I want to be out there doing the things. There are plenty of people who can be on boards, yeah. but I want to, you know, I'm not that type of person. And so, yes, I want to be called, but at the same time, uh, I want to be called for the gifts that I have mm-hmm. and be able to share what I have. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that line here, here am I really resonates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's extraordinary to me in this text too. I mean, it gets specific both with uh, this gospel text and with yourself. I mean, the number of times that children comes up in this text, like it, it's, uh, I didn't notice the first time I read through it and now I'm reading through it this time. I just went through and circled it every time. The many children of glory here, mind the children whom God has given me since therefore the children share flesh and blood. I mean, what a fascinating, uh, what a fascinating direction. Uh, and focus for this text, right? Because it could have just said all people, uh, but it really, it chose that word for a reason. Um, Now, when you do text, do you ever go back to the original um, and see if they use the... Zach, do we go back to the original? Uh, Are you doing it right now? I'm having to look up Hebrews now, but (laughs) I'm ready for the Matthew, but... Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I mentioned that, uh, yeah, uh, what word is this? Yeah. But you know, love was used in, and I've, oh man, I forget the text, but love was used in it a number of times. Are uh, when Jesus asked Peter, uh, "Do you love me?" Right? Yeah. And he asked him a number of times. Well, what was it? A different type of love each time. Yeah. And so, and me never having Greek or anything, so I can't go back to the original text. But then once I talk to people, it's like, oh, wait, it's being asked different ways. And so when they're saying children, are we meaning children or are we just meaning the children of God, which would include all of us? Right. So. Well, so this is what I hear and I hear because I, I, I feel like I hear that word. and We'll see what it, Zach is maybe finding it in Greek. But if I hear it in English, what children makes me think of um, there's like a there's a vulnerability in the word that's like built into the word. Whether you're talking about whatever age that person is, if I right. use the word children of God, right. I'm not highlighting like the power that you have. I'm highlighting right. your vulnerability. Right. You know, I, I think that's a mm-hmm. piece of it. Um, and so when we think about like the role of children in church, I think that we sometimes get like the knock of like, you know, the the negative aspect in the world is the like glorification of youth, and it's kind of this like. However we want to think about that, right? What does it mean to glorify youth in our society? But at its best, it's saying, who are the vulnerable in our society? And so often children are in that place, right, of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I hear, even just with the English word. Um, what's Did you find a, a Greek there, Zach? I got it, Matt. Uh, it's all the same word used over and over again. Uh, and it's actually so it means child but more than that it's like throwing a little ito on the end of a of a word uh, so it's like little child young child yeah, it's the diminutive cool. form of child um, yeah, like you know like in Spanish like if you add ito or ita it's like the little one so that's mm-hmm. what it is huh? wow. that's interesting wow it'd be like a yito any little little children of glory I mean that's even more right in that direction of like <laughs> this is the vulnerability right. this is oh. and actually if you wanted to take it a, an interesting direction the direction that you would probably take it Matt um, uh oh that word is pretty similar to Padawan <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I was almost going to go there in the gospel, uh, but okay. I'm currently in the Wikipedia trying to figure out the etymology of Padawan. Good. Or younglings. The younglings. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, man. Hmm. Good to know. Good yeah. To know. It's not 
not like it. So we're referring to Star Trek now? Star Wars, Aaron. Oh, that's <laughs> the second best hot take you... Oh, gonna, you know, Nick is oh, going to cut we together just, a super cut of Aaron's oh. disses on you. All you have to do now, Aaron, is find a way to, to insult you two somewhere in the next 20 minutes, and... Uh, it's You'll get enough. the triple crown. Oh my gosh, we were oh. we were at the we were at the middle school youth gathering at Disneyland, and one of my leaders uh, was like, "Oh, we're in Star Wars land," and then she did like the Star Trek, <laughs> like, and she had no idea because she just doesn't right. care. And I was mm-hmm. like, "So we just so just oh, it's killer, it's killer." All right, shall we move into Matthew? Let us. All right. So, uh, Matthew, we are in Matthew. We're doing a bit of a time jump, so we're in uh, the back end of the second chapter, and we're not going to do the first end of the second chapter until uh, I have moved on to wishing everyone a happy Easter uh, on Epiphany uh, with the wise men. So we jump the wise men, uh, and so we're catching the the scene uh, kind of Christmassy. The wise men, the party is over. Everyone has left, uh, and they are alone. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, in physical, fleshy form. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kidding. It was a dream. Again, <laughs> dream number two. Joseph has dreams. Uh, if only, you know, that feels familiar, but I don't, I don't know. Right? <laughs> uh, this Joseph seems to be having dreams. And an angel comes and says, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And so Joseph got up took his child and mother by night by night and went to Egypt and they remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt. I've called my son. But when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men who went back another way, he was infuriated. Fun fact, the Greek word for infuriated there is this is the only instance it is used in the New Testament. Uh, No one else gets infuriated like this. Uh, So Herod sent and killed all the children in and also around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. But when Herod died... An angel of the Lord came and knocked on Joseph's door. Just kidding. A dream again. Third dream. Uh, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in another dream in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up. He took a child, took his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus, Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And so after being warned, in uh, written correspondence, just kidding, dream number four. Gosh. He went away to the district of Galilee. He went to the north to Israel, and there he made his home in a town called Nazareth. So, of course, we're fulfilling lots of prophets. We knock out three dreams and three prophecies fulfilled uh, that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Wow. Uh, so, a lot here, Matt. A couple of uh, uh, a lot places I want to hit is a lot rides in the gospel of Matthew on Joseph's dreams. These are not inconsequential dreams. Uh, at least today, each of these dreams, uh, these three dreams is, uh, 
pivotal in the story of Jesus. The, the story does not continue, uh, does not reach the, the conclusion we know without the interpretation of uh, and the reaction to these dreams. Um, and so one thing you could play with here is that we carry into Christmas a lot of the, the dreaminess, the nostalgia uh, that we are expecting. And I love when the, when, when the Bible does this, uh, where it's like, yes, this is a dreamy time, but these are not the dreams that you have dreamed for yourself. The dream of Christmas is a part nightmare that is so unexpected. So... I mean, I think I, I have preached this Sunday uh, an awful lot of Sundays as a traveling preacher who rides the circuit. Uh, for some reason, I get Christmas one uh, and, and the, the slaughter of the innocent a lot more than people call me up and say, Zach, we'd like you to preach Christmas Eve. Um, this and the Sunday after Easter. And in some ways, it's really there's a really clear, easy path to good news, which is. Uh, Christmas didn't fix everything, which on one hand is just reality, uh, that, that all the hope and expectation we put on Christmas did not solve all of our problems, and yet uh, the gospel endures. Uh, God continues to go with us into the exiles of our lives. Yeah, I, oh gosh, I almost want to... After this passage, I almost want to say not endures, but survives. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus... Like this one yeah. child survives. Aaron, you said you did not. I mean, walk me through your reaction to this text. I ask you to <laughs> preach, and then you look at it and you go, oh, "I do not like this text." Why didn't he you didn't like ask it? What's you to your... preach Christmas Eve? I guess, huh? I, no, he no. did not. He yeah, yeah, I, that that would I have feel been it. So much mm-hmm. easier. And what, what's your reaction? Well, how do you how do you take this? And yeah, it's the, for me this is a tough one um, uh, because yes, we're going to celebrate the Christ child. The, you know, the it has been fulfilled, and Jesus, you know, Joseph took Jesus and he's safe, and you know he goes on to be the Jesus that we know and love. But my my thoughts goes back to those children and Rachel for her yeah. weeping, you know, weeping for her children. We glossed that part of the story over. I mean, these children were killed, you know, murdered. Um, and how do we how we're we able to justify that in the whole yeah. thing, you know, and. You know, the angel told Joseph to not tell these other people that mm-hmm. their, their children are going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, when I read the Bible, I read it with that eye sometimes. It's like, you know, we're excited. We're having a lot of fun with this. But at the same time, you know, wait, these people died. Yeah. You know, and what do we do with that? You know, and because what happens in the church a lot of times, that becomes the part we throw away. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you know, she's, you know, you know, she was weeping for her children and, you know, she didn't want to be consoled. But then we're going to push it off to the side. But Jesus was okay. Yeah. Um, and we do that not only, you know, with our scripture, but we do that in real life, yeah. you know, as we're seeing in our yeah. country now, you know, things are happening to children, which, you know, all of us would consider unthinkable, yeah. but they're still happening. Yeah. And yet, and still we go on, you know, yeah. we go on with our stories, we yeah. go on with our lives. And uh, so that was, that's my reaction. Yeah. And, you know, as I prepare um, for preaching on this, you know, that's, the thing I have to, it's like, where can I put this? Yeah. How does it fit in? Yeah. So, where does what fit in? Where does that, that evil? Yeah. Because it's evil. Right. I mean, there's no way around that evil part of this story that we look upon in one. Oh, it's like, oh, 
Jesus yeah. is safe. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is safe, but at the cost of how many, you know, children losing right. their lives. Yeah. And because uh, that's the time, Christmas, we celebrate. Yeah. And so how do we bring this in and say, wait, Yeah. let's think about this. Yeah. Well, yeah. It really strikes me and listening to you describe it, um, that that like that absolutely is something that we do. Right. Like that's something that we do. We we try to ignore this. We try to paper over it. We want to focus just on the fact that Jesus uh, makes it through. But the text the text doesn't do that, right? The text actually takes the time to mention that, ch- like, the, like if you were just going to tell the story, you could have just left out this whole like sixteen to eighteen. But the text takes the time to go back to where Jesus no longer is, and to tell the story of these children, right? right? And then make room for like Rachel, and then the fact that it tells this story. I feel like this is the part of the Christmas story that we don't actually tell at Christmas pageants. No. Like even the part about Jesus where Jesus has to flee to Egypt, like this part, we just stop with like the wise men visiting him and then it ends. Right. And then we like zoom forward. But like he's a like he's a he's you a, could have a super intense he, Christmas pageant this year. Right? <laughs> I mean, there is a segment of your kids like around maybe around fourth, fifth grade. It could really get into the, the whole uh, slaughter of the innocent. I mean, right? Like, and then, like, what this should do, like, what we do is we try to ignore it. But what this should do is direct our attention back to those places in the world where this is still happening, right? right? Where we still see, like, refugee, not even just adults, but children fleeing. And where we still see tyrants, like, first of all, children being killed. But also, we just saw this week, the president, I mean, like, again, Sorry, politics podcast, but like <laughs> the president of the United States tweeting about a child, like insulting a child because he feels threatened by a child. We have always seen tyrants feel threatened by children, right? Like how insane is this? Like this is this is a description. Um, it's a it's a lens to the world that we live in, right. right? And if we took Christmas that way, not as a way to turn away from the world, but rather as what are we looking at when we look at the world? then maybe it starts to lead us back in the direction God is calling us to go, right, right? in this season? Maybe. I don't know. It fires me up reading it because it just does feel like it's, it's brutal and it's painful, but it actually takes, unlike so much of what we often hear at Christmas, this actually seems to take seriously what is going on in the world, you know? I wonder, Matt, if... Sorry, I just got all fired up. I don't know if I just yeah, like stubby. I just get. I just man. I just. I just find it so dramatic. Yeah. I wonder if if a big part of Christmas that is worth naming that we're starting to tap into here is that Christmas, uh, for all the time that we spend in the church, uh, with Advent and hope, uh, that the experience of Christmas itself is something of, of disappointment, of unrealized hope. That, that there's a part of Advent that always feels a little weird uh, where we have to pre- sometimes it feels like we kind of have to pretend like we don't know what's going to happen but we all know what's going to happen it's going to be baby Jesus um, and and yet it's still not what we think and we hope it's going to be I think there's a part of us that says well it is going to be a the, one of the, the themes that might get preached in, in lots of churches uh 
would be that we were expecting a great king and we got a baby. Uh, but we know this baby's going to have like superpowers and heal people <laughs> and do all that kind of stuff, right? Like it is going to be a baby and that's unexpected, but it's going to be a really good baby uh, <laughs> that's going to change everything. Uh, and there's true, but it's not true the way we think it is. This is still, we come back a week later. Uh, I've gone to, uh, if I ever had the opportunity to preach Christmas these days, um, preaching about how absolutely weak and Jesus doesn't even show up at Christmas is, is one of my things. Uh, Jesus has no lines in the pageant. I mean, he's just being carried around by Joseph at this point. He's like the, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to go into Star Wars, but this is like, Joseph's like the Mandalorian and here's the child that he's like carrying around, but trying to protect from all these dangers that Jesus is just getting carried around. Like Jesus is not like, Jesus doesn't even have those, those baby Yoda force powers at this yeah. point, right? Like he's just being carried around. <laughs> we show up a week later thing. and Jesus is still just as weak and vulnerable uh, as last week. And so what we do in response to that, one of the things we do to, to hit a homiletic point here uh, is we, our hopes are unrealized, and so we send those hopes into exile. We resign ourselves to the brutal reality of the world and make the best of the story we can, uh, where we get to cut out the parts that we're uncomfortable with. Uh, but if we're going to turn this around, and I'm going to find my good news in it, the good news is that Jesus goes into exile with our exiled hopes and dreams. Jesus does not give up on those things, even as a completely weak, uh, vulnerable uh, baby. Jesus goes with those dreams and hopes uh, and does not give up on the dreams that we, uh, especially those of us getting up in age, uh, resign ourselves to the realities of the world and, and mock the foolishness of children. I mean, even there, like I like I imagine Jesus like carrying carrying it forward. Right. Like he's I, wrote, I just wrote down this. Does Jesus have survivor's remorse? Yeah. Ooh. Right? Like right? Jesus grows up and he knows this is like part of his story. And he is he has survived to carry this on, but he carries with him. Does he carry that survivor's remorse with him? Yeah. And like think about the hopes then that are placed in Jesus. Like all these other children are gone. Mm -hmm. This is this is the last one, right? Like I yeah. mean like Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm oversimplifying, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like like the weight of that that then yeah. this one child has to carry. Right. right? Like this is not like it's like you said, this is not a superhero. This is like we're that's there's something there's something really weighty about that. I know? love I love it. The yeah. The the um there's something on its face when you read this story that makes this story seem particularly un-Jesus-y. Uh, right? Like, it does not fit with my understanding of Jesus that all the babies of Galilee have to die except for Jesus, and Jesus is the one who gets away. Um, but the way you flipped that, I think, or framed it more than flipped it, uh, restores some of that cruciform shape to it, that this is a burden um, as well to be the last the last baby of Galilee, the last baby in Nazareth. And he's going to the, I mean, like, like you think about that on the cross, you think about him carrying that knowledge to the cross. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like what we're talking about though. Like it's not, it's very strange because I do think like, yeah, we, we want God to like, just stop this from happening. Right. Like, isn't that what, like, and yet really even carry it to the cross. Like what we wanted was for God to stop that from even happening. But instead, like, I don't know. It's everything that we believe, right? Like, Jesus instead bears witness to it. And then 
the mystery of how that death is, what God's going to do with that, you know? I don't know, but it's, it is, it is definitely a challenge to what we, what we want is for God to fix it. Right. right. And we need to name that. If we don't name it, we're papering over right. it. Right. But we've got to name that. Right. We've got to name it. And the, we have to name the evil of it. So Aaron, you've said a couple times, like you didn't want to be the angry black man. Right. <laughs> but I think like, I think this text calls for it in some way, right? right? For some anger. Right. Um, and for some real naming of the evil that is here. Cause the text itself names the evil. Right. So we better do it too. Right. Right. And again, uh, in the church, we gloss it over. Yeah, you know, we move on. We know what's the next. You know, what's going to come next? What's going to come next? Um, but in our lives, there are people, maybe not being killed all the time, but there are people who we step over, who we walk around, who we ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, I want to say very intentionally, because we don't want to hear this. Yeah, we don't want to know this. Yeah, you know, and are here. I'll give you a dime, even though. I could do much more to help you, yeah. but I'm called to help you. So here's here's a dime, and I'm going to go on to keep doing my business. And um, we don't stop, yeah, to really help them. Yeah, and we are very yeah. clearly by Jesus, you know, in later texts, we are called, you know, to help all these people. You yeah. know, the big thing, the memes are, you know, let's put Christ back in Christmas. You want to do that? Yeah. Well, you feed the homeless. You you visit their well those in prison you know you yeah. cold people um but we want to do that but we want to do it on a poster right we don't want to do it right. in real life yeah so that makes me think like i'm so glad you just brought that right back around to like the immediate like who are the people around us right with people we pass by in the street it reminds me of this other thing that goes around sometimes this time of year this quote from Martin Luther and probably Zach's going to tell me that's not a real Luther quote but we're like <laughs> we're, we're Luther's the Luther like, bubble well, burster you guys all say that like if only you were alive then you would have opened mm-hmm. your doors to Jesus well Jesus is here now like you're not opening your doors right. to the to the homeless you're not feeding the hungry like um, you know you say that if you were alive then but you're alive now right. and Christ is present in those people now what are we doing I mean, it seems like a similar, that's right. the move you're making, yeah. you know? And it is. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm just like the rest of you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm walking past yeah. people too. Yeah. And yeah. I want to do better. Yeah. And that's, again, that becomes that struggle inside of me, yeah. you know, that keeps me yeah. up at night. Well, it doesn't keep me up at night. I'm not going to lie about that. But I do think about it at night. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so and we have to, you know, if we pref- if we are owning who we say we are, you know, we're followers of Christ, then we got to do better. We got to step up and do better. Keeps me up at night. I mean, I mean, like in your dreams, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, sometimes we talk about this, like it's this supernatural dream and maybe it is, but maybe it's also just like tossing and turning in the middle of the night, you know, those things that keep us up at night, whether they're dreams from a, a messenger from the Lord or whether it's, the dream that we'll have yeah. the world we live in. Yeah. I know me personally, I'm still waiting for that blinding light, something yeah. to, you know, walking along <laughs> right. the road because it's not coming to me. Yeah. You know, and um, so hof- well, hopefully I don't get it on the, because I'm taking the train back home. So I hopefully it doesn't happen then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it doesn't say that that happens for Joseph either. Right. Right. Like it's, it's pretty ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how many things do I at least the way my dreams work, I have incredible clarity while I'm in the dream. And then I'll wake up and I can remember bits and pieces or feelings or, right. uh, and yet Joseph in through that process came to, to, to not clear. It doesn't even say he has clarity over what he should do. Right. Like 
that's part of that nostalgic vision of like, well, if I had great clarity for how I deal with the complexities of the world, I would just do all the right things. Um, but that's not, that doesn't, it, the text doesn't, we, sometimes it's important to say what the text doesn't say. And it doesn't say Joseph had a letter that said, do this. Uh, he had a dream. He was up in the middle of the night uh, in a world that was incredibly complex and dangerous uh, and made the best choices he can. And these are the choices he made, um, which is the same thing we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I yeah. mean, you two as pastors, I yeah. mean, do you ever... Who's a pastor? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I was like, thought you were a pastor, so I'm just saying. <laughs> so here's, here's my thing. Um, oh, I'll do a Star Trek here. Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek 4, I think, or 5, The Voyage Home. No. Uh, Discovery. I don't know. It was oh, one of those Star Trek movies. Yeah. But... Um, Kirk is faced with this being who thinks the God, the being tells them he's God, mm. you know, Spock's brother believes him and they take him off to this place. And, you know, and Kirk, but so the God figure wants the star, wants the starship to get out of whatever prison he's in. Uh, and so Kirk in his infinite wisdom, you know, James Tiberius Kirk asks, he says, uh, excuse me, what does God need with the starship? And, <laughs> And so in my upbringing, I grew up Baptist, you know, mm -hmm. in Gary, Indiana. And so in my upbringing, you know, you go to a funeral and say, they tell you, well, God needed those, you know, mm -hmm. God needed oh, yeah. this person or that person more than you need him. So my mother died. And I remember at the funeral, somebody came up and said that to me. It's like, well, God needed your mother at this mm -hmm. time. It's like, and I wanted to answer like Kirk did. It's like, excuse me, this is God. What does he need mm -hmm. my mother for? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's. Again, that's what we do with our Christianity. We wrap it up and want to make it all neat and clean. And this gospel text doesn't make it neat and clean. No. You know, but I want to know. I want to go to God and say, God, what did you need those children for? Yeah. Yeah. Just to prove a point? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, like, Rachel weeping for her children and she refused to be consoled because there are no more she refused to say oh god just needed my children right she refused to be consoled and that's just it just it just leaves it there right like that's oh don't give the easy answers is what you're telling us as pastors right yeah yeah you cannot redeem these deaths aren't redeemed they're not okay they're not worth it right. you know yeah. you want to be careful to avoid that well and i i mean that's that's the so as much as the, the thing that I like about the text is that it doesn't paper over those things, one of the dangers I, I think is still here is this idea of the prophecy, right? Where like yeah, this happened. It had to happen. In order that this would be fulfilled. And I feel like there's a really dangerous direction we could take that. I feel like my first reaction is just to like skirt around that because there's enough other things to say. Mm -hmm. um, but that is definitely the sticking point that I feel like needs to be unpacked. We have to understand that in some kind of different way because it can't be just this domino had to fall so that this thing could happen. Like mm -hmm. there's gotta be some other way for us to unpack that if we're going to go at it, you know, cause that, yeah, it's not a good enough reason. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, as we avoid papering over things, uh, what are we going to listen to to bring us deeper into the text rather than shield us from the text brutality, Matt? Well, uh, I've got, uh, Reese, well, <laughs> I should have thrown this on there. 
we were just uh, having lunch at the Togo's sandwich shop across the street, and they were playing on the speakers. They had all these great 80s anthems, but one of them was Eurythmics' uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made mm. of These. Annie Lennox, too, just has such a oh, just a, a voice of mystery, so uh, maybe you could throw that on there. But I actually had three other ones, too. Um, a, I was trying to think of a good, like... Um, migration song and i think i'm gonna go with uh, a song called across the border and it's written by bruce springsteen it was on his ghost of tom joad album but uh the one that i found was a cover of it by emmy lou harris and linda ronstadt mm. um which is a really beautiful rendition uh but it's just this uh it's it's actually like from the perspective of this this guy that's dreaming of what life might look like on the other side of the border um, and then uh, second song, carry us into those verses 16 to 18. And I'm going to go with uh, Janelle Monet's Hell You Talking About, which uh, <laughs> is where she says over and over again, there are like these people saying, say, say his name, say his name, say his name. And it mm. comes out of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, came out in 2015. Um, and I think really speaks to this sense that like all these children are killed. We need to say their names, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever else we can, even if we can't put a bow on this, we have to at least say their names right. and not let this thing be forgotten. Right. Um, and, and then finally a uh, third song back into verse 19 and following where Jesus returns uh, home uh, Beyonce from the, the lion King. Uh, I mean, this is part of the hero's journey as much as we don't want you to be the hero, but this idea of like going into exile and then coming back um, and being transformed by that experience. That's, it's the Lion King story right there. But uh, but Beyonce has a song called Find Your Way Back, uh, and it's uh, just got some great... I mean, this is her album where she does a lot of um, Afro beats and borrows from a lot of like African pop, contemporary African pop, and so it's got a really interesting beat to it. Hmm. Find Your Way Back nice. uh, by Beyonce. Yeah. I like it. What are you listening to, Aaron? Um, well, for me, going through that Hebrews text, um, the song Wake Up Everybody... Uh, not the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes one, but the John Legend and the Roots. Yeah. I guess with Chance the Rapper Common. was part of it. Huh? Common. Common. Oh, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Common. Yes. Yeah. Um, just again, it, it says in the title, just wake up everybody. You know, no more sleeping in bed, no more backward thinking, time for thinking ahead. Um, and then going on to it, looking at the Matthew text, my first one. And I had to search for this one because I, I needed to find something to speak to me for this. But it's a tribute to grieving parents. It's from, believe it or not, for those who may know me, it's a Lady Gaga song. And it's called uh, Till It Happens to You. Hmm. Uh, and I, again, I got to listen to it last night and it's just like it answers that, you know. Yeah. You know, where Rachel was sitting there crying. It's like, you know, until you happen to you, you don't know, you don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then one of the last ones that came up, or the last song I came up with was, um, again, for the Matthew text, um, and it's from the Five Stair Steps. It's a 50s or 60s, no, 70s group, I guess. And ooh, ooh, child. Yes. Things are going to get easier. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, Joseph, you know, can, you know, being reassuring to Mary and the child, Jesus, you know, ooh, child, things are going to get easier, even though we know it's not going to get easier, you know. Wow. <sighs> So. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a great playlist. Chills, chills. <laughs> Thinking of that song is like a... Can you imagine a choir doing that after yeah. hearing this gospel? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Oh, you're welcome. 
What have you got, Zach? Uh, I'm going to go back, uh, and it only got better the more our conversation, uh, the deeper our conversation moved along. I'm going back to 1977 off of an album called Rumors, uh, Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Uh, Oh, the crystal vision. I keep my visions to myself. It's only me who wants to wrap around your dreams and have you any dreams you'd like to sell. Dreams of loneliness. Gosh. Uh, thunder only happens when it's raining. Oof. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then this text, Matt, is not exactly a safe for work uh, text. Uh, so I've got a pair of not particularly safe for work uh, songs I want to put on the playlist. Uh, the first one is uh, Liz Fair's 1995 uh, Earmuffs uh, Fucking Run. Uh, Whatever happened to a boyfriend, the kind of guy who tries to win you over? Whatever happened to a boyfriend, the kind of guy that make who makes love because he's in it? And I want a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. I want all that stupid old, like, letters and sodas, letters and sodas. That uh, yearning for nostalgia uh, that's just not coming. Uh, and so, whew, it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Then, well... I think I have to do it, Matt. I've got to put Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers running down a dream. Because uh, oh. that's definitely what Joseph and the fam were listening to on their way down to Egypt. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with Refugee from Tom Petty, but running down a dream, probably a better choice. Yeah. Uh, you could do a whole Tom... This should be Tom Petty week. Well, we'll have to do a series. He's got <laughs> enough songs. He does. <laughs> Good stuff. Good playlist, y'all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, preachers. Uh, it is definitely good luck, Aaron. A, 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 yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> to the one of the three of us that is preaching this summer. <laughs> and to all of you listening out there, there's no doubt uh, it's a tough one. And so we, our prayers are with you as you prepare to preach for this Sunday. Right. So I, been, just, yeah. so I can just play this podcast for my son. You could try <laughs> to do that. that I don't know how it would be received, but you could just do well, it. Well, it's your church, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been real. Real vinyl.